my name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started the Dublin Art Podcast with my friend, Dan White. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 2i5 Live, and the crown joy WNR NXT update. Also, each month's latest pay-per-views, we are, and we are live not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Well, today it's episode 223, and this is our 11th NXT Live pre-show as we await TakeOver 25. We are live for the WNR two two three. It is NXT Takeover twenty. Do you think I have to do the alternate intro? And well, today's is the Connecticut State song. So Yankee Doodle went to town riding on a pony, stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. Yankee Doodle, keep it up. Yankee Doodle, dandy. Mind the music and the stepping with the folks be handy. There, 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 there. So there you go. So we are live. Dan, are you excited for TakeOver here tonight? I am very excited. I absolutely love the TakeOver shows. It's short, sweet, compact, and it delivers the best wrestling that the WWE product can give. Yeah, and, I, you know, TakeOver, like we say, always delivers. But, you know, we talk about it being a 25th TakeOver event. So, you know, how did all this begin? So let's take a look back at the NXT history. Well, the first NXT Live special was uniquely titled NXT Arrival in 2014. However, after the debut of NXT TakeOver show aired a few months later, the TakeOver name has been used for subsequent NXT Live specials. All NXT Live specials were initially held at Full Sail University prior to the brand extending to arena shows after premiering the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn in 2015 
The shows have since been held at various national and international locations. Yeah, since 2016, a majority of NXT TakeOver events aired to a day prior to the Big Four that we paid for your events, you know, WrestleMania, Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Under this format, TakeOver are held in the same city as the Big Four pay per view events. And WrestleMania, of course, they're held in stadiums, share the same arena. Additional TakeOver shows may occur on other select dates as well. So here's a list of all TakeOvers and the main event from the show. Well, the very first NXT TakeOver was broadcast May 29th, 2014. Full Sail University went to Park, Florida, like a lot of the early TakeOvers did. The main event was Adrian Neville versus Tyson Kidd for the NXT Championship. The next one was NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. That was September the 11th, 2014. And that was Adrian Neville versus Sami Zayn versus Tyler Breeze versus Tyson Kidd for the NXT Championship. NXT TakeOver R Evolution, December 11th, 2014. Adrian Neville versus Sami Zayn in a title versus career match for the NXT Championship. NXT TakeOver Rival, February the 11th, 2015, was Sami Zayn, who was the NXT Champion, going against Kevin Owens. NXT TakeOver Unstoppable, May 20th, 2015. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for the NXT Championship was our first NXT TakeOver recovered on the podcast. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn was August 22nd, 2015 from the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn, New York. Finn Balor was a champion defending against Kevin Owens in a ladder match. Yeah, and it's one of those matches I always remember early on as well. It was a great encounter, really. NXT TakeOver Respect, October 7th, 2015. Bailey versus Sasha Banks in a 30-minute Iron Man match for the NXT Women's Championship. Absolutely fucking barn banner <laughs> of a match that was. Um, NXT was an event that we're gutted that we didn't yeah. actually go and see. That was December 16th, 2015 at the SSE Arena in London, England. Finn Balor defending against Samoa Joe. And we had NXT TakeOver Dallas April 1st uh, from, of course, Dallas, Texas. And Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe for the NXT Championship. NXT TakeOver The End was June 8th, 2016 from Full Sail University in Florida. Samoa Joe defending his title against Finn Balor in a steel cage match. And it's weird as well when you look at it to see how the colour, you know, Finn Balor's reign through NXT and what he did, the feud of Samoa Joe, we remember. And of course, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2, August two. 20th, 2016, Samoa Joe versus Shinzuki fucking Nakamura for the NXT Championship. Then NXT TakeOver Toronto, November 19th, 2016, at the Air Canada Centre in Toronto, Ontario. Shinzuki fucking Nakamura defending his title against Samoa Joe. NXT TakeOver San Antonio, my my most <laughs> favourite NXT TakeOver event, all moment, uh, January 28th, 2017 in Texas, Nakamura versus Rude, and Rude beating Nakamura for the NXT Championship. I still get goosebumps talking about it now, you know that. NXT TakeOver Orlando, April 1st, 2017 from the Amway Centre in Florida. Bobby Roode defending his title against Shinzuki fucking Nakamura. NXT TakeOver Chicago, May 20th, 2017. The Authors of Pain, the Karma Razor versus DIY Johnny Gargano to the Chumpa in a ladder match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. That's where Johnny Gargano got awarded the Johnny Gargano Award for most punishment taken in a match. <laughs> <laughs> and this is probably another one that's close to your heart. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn oh. 3. <laughs> August 19th, 2017, the Barclays Centre, Brooklyn, New York. Bobby Roode, the champion, going against the challenger, Drew McIntyre, for the NXT oh. Championship. Absolutely, one of my favourite matches. NXT TakeOver War Games, uh, November 18th, 2017, in Texas. Sanity, Alexander Wolf, Eric Young, Killian Dane versus Yorfus Payne, Akam Razor, and Roderick Strong, Officer Strong Payne, their team. 
Uh, and the versus the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly in a War Games match. NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, January 27th, 2018, at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly. <laughs> it was Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gagano for the NXT Championship. NXT TakeOver New Orleans, 2018, Johnny Gagano versus Tommaso Ciampa in an unsanctioned match. This is where their kind of rivalry came back to Heather. Yeah. Uh, NXT TakeOver Chicago 2. 2. June 16th, 2018 at the All-State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. was Johnny Gagano versus Tommaso Ciampa in a Chicago street fight. I mean, like you said, this story took over NXT for that time. And NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, August 18th. Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gagano in the last man standing match for NXT Championship. NXT TakeOver War Games, November 17th, 2018 at the Staples Center in California. Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe, versus the Undisputed Era, Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong in a War Games match. NXT TakeOver Phoenix, January 26, 2019. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Alistair Black for the NXT Championship. And NXT TakeOver New York, April the 5th, 2019, Barclays Center, Brooklyn, New York. Johnny Gagano versus Adam Cole in a two-out-of-three-falls match for the vacant NXT Championship. All right, so you know my favourite takeover moment. Uh, i got to say Wolves versus Pete Dunne's got to be on my list, and Bate versus Dunne. But what is your favourite takeover moment or takeover? Um, I have been enjoying the War Games moment, especially the uh, it was the Authors of Strong Pain versus the Undisputed Era versus Sanity. I thought that was an absolute brilliant War Games match, as was... The uh, the Dunn Ricochet, the War Raiders against the Undisputed Era as well. I think they're really thoroughly enjoyable mm. matches. Um, yeah, aside from that, you know, Ali B winning the NXT Championship. Yeah, no, another great moment, you know. It's weird looking back at it because you kind of got um, at the start, you know, Neville leading the charge, and then Sami Zayn kind of takes over from him. Finn Balor then kind of comes oh, in. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens as well, you know, Nakamura as the pillars of that at the moment yeah. and of course Gagano now as well so it's it's weird to see who's going to kind of take that mantle from here uh, but you know take over 25 to get here it's been great and like I said they've always delivered didn't they really absolutely yeah I think you know we've we've scored the NXT pay-per-views quite highly mm. but they thoroughly deserve it without a shadow of a doubt anyway let's move on to NXT news news and that would be quite. A, this would be quite a change of scenery. A little over five years ago, the network debuted and changed the wrestling world as we know it. For the first time, fans were able to see huge portions of the W Video Library at very reasonable cost. That wasn't enough loads. Live content were needed as well. This led to the NXT Takeover series, which is its 25th entry tonight. As it turns out, though, things were originally going to be very different. Yes. Well, according to Mike Johnson on PW Insider Elite Audio. The original plans for TakeOver 25 would have seen the show taking place in Saudi Arabia on June the 6th, the night before Super Showdown. Instead, the show is going to be taking place in Bridgeport, Bridgeport, Connecticut tonight, marking the first time the series has come to Connecticut. There are currently no plans to hold an NXT event in Saudi Arabia. Well, no, because if they had an NXT event in Saudi Arabia, they wouldn't have had a women's match, would they? So, what kind of... Be <laughs> well, they wouldn't have had Shayna Baszler. <laughs> no, we wouldn't have Well, I don't know, Shayna Baszler's arguably uh, a woman or yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was, you know, but yeah, that's the weird way. But the uh, next bit of story is Chicago way. And after utilising the variation of Dusty Rose creation for their November takeovers in 2017-2018... 
NXT is bringing back the famed Decelerate War Games match for this November's takeover as well. Well, this year's edition will take place Saturday, November the 23rd from the Allstate Arena in Chicago. The night before the 2019 Survivor Series, which will be held in the same venue. And WWE's already released ticket info for the event six months out. They went on pre-sale on Wednesday, May 22nd and general sale on Friday, May 24th. As noted, this will be the third year in a row that NXT runs with a slightly modified version of the match. At the 2017 TakeOver event in Houston, the Undisputed Era won a special three-on-three-on-three variant of the bout over Sanity and the team of Roderick Strong and the Authors of Pain. Last year in LA, the four-man version of the Undisputed Era lost to Ricochet Pete Dunn and the tandem formerly known as the War Raiders. So that's a little bit of news we got. Let's go to shout-outs quickly because we do love having your shout-outs. And uh, we had you know, a few conversations about AEW, which we're going to talk about on, on the show, you know, as well as what's going on with WWE at the moment. But up first was Yash Patak, who said, The war is not between AEW and WWE. It's between AEW versus NXT, which I thought was really interesting because we know how much we love NXT. And I think we compared to the AEW. I mean, we'll talk about AEW a little bit, but with NXT... In WWE anyway, isn't it? You NXT know? pisses all over WWE, yeah. Um, you know, I'd rather I'd rather scrap Raw and SmackDown and watch NXT UK and NXT. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, you know. And I'm saying, I think this kind of started a thread that, uh, we were, you know, we were kind of talking about with the shout-outs. Well, Aditya Lufra, I think that's how you pronounce it, so if I got it wrong, but it's AEW versus NXT and Bray Wyatt because Bray Wyatt has been... <laughs> Fire, you know, we've seen some of his promos from the Funhouse or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, Firehouse, Firefly, Firefly Funhouse, ha- yeah. fun and it has been absolutely brilliant. And I can't wait for him to debut and possibly flop. Well, <laughs> knowing the way WWE go, but I, you know, I hope they run with it and they do brilliant things with what we know Bray Wyatt is capable of. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, like we said, that's the kind of the only shining light at the moment on the WWE. TV, but then Mark A said NXT's main reason WWE will never be killed in show ratings. He said I'd rather watch NXT and AEW back and forth than AEW and WWE unless WWE seriously changes it up. I completely agree with that. Yeah, um, I don't know. You know, I don't. I'm not sure what the ratings levels are for NXT. I'm sure you might have some info, insider uh, information. Well, I would, they, they are the, the, the biggest ratings on the WWE Network, basically. So NXT yeah. is always number one and two kind of shows. You know, when you consider the WWE Network got, what, 1.8 million subscribers, then, you know, it's, it's quite an impressive fact. Whereas AEW hasn't got that audience yet, you know, but it's, it's interesting what they, what they do when they do, you know, go on TNT finally, as we talked about as well. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be weird. But um, Mario Zane take it you're related to sammy uh what's aew so not everybody is in kind of tune with what's going on outside the kind of wre uh circle as it was so you know that's kind of what would bring it into perspective some people just watch raw and smackdown not kind of other things you know yes well aew is all elite wrestling it was um a company started by a former wwe wrestler cody rhodes or stardust as you might know him as um, alongside Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, like they kind of they're executive vice producers. Who's the uh, 
something Khan. Khan, isn't it? Yeah, we, we, Tony, Khan. Tony Khan runs it. Yeah, Tony Khan is kind of the money man. He is an, a, a multi-billionaire. He owns uh, an American football club and he's got ownership in Fulham Football Club as well. Um, they've just kind of taken what they've done in Ring of Honor and on the independent circuit and kind of put it into its own banner, um, signing possibly unhappy WWE wrestlers, uh, you know, much like WCW did in the late 90s, mid to, mid to late 90s, and kind of turned it into their own franchise. Um you know, it's kind of been called a, a t-shirt company because that's what they were until they had Double or Nothing. They've been making sporadic appearances on independent shows, kind of promoting their big shows. But, you know, they've had, they've known about it since last year. So they've had probably about seven or eight months to actually prepare for a massive pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, you know, where WWE has been putting on multiple shows per week. You know, they kind of, they've got live events every day of the week as well as, Mondays and Tuesdays, they've got Raw and SmackDown as well as 205 Live, and they've got a pay-per-view every month. Yeah. All AEW have had to do is actually just focus all their energy onto their like once every six-month pay-per-view exactly. so far. So they've announced a few dates, but we'll get on to Double or Nothing in a little bit. And we'll go back to uh, shout-outs and Dire Wolf. Says comparing the quality of the takeovers of last 25 takeovers to the last 25 main roster pay-per-views, it's not even close. Even WrestleMania's can't match most takeovers that I can think of. And again, you bang on the money when it comes to that because, like I said, takeover all delivers. And you, you, you hear about the kind of you know the, the way the WWE roster is at the moment unhappy, but you feel with the NXT roster that they all just want to kind of one-up each other in a good way, and they say, right, you follow that, and we've seen it before, and that's what the takeovers kind of bring to you, you know? Absolutely, yes. Uh- the thing is, is like we've had 25 takeovers since 2014, where we've had 25 WWE pay-per-views in the last two years. In the last two years, yeah. So you know, it's. I think WWE need to kind of put their emphasis onto quality as opposed to quantity. Yeah. I mean, with NXT takeover matches, you're limited to about five, maybe six matches per pay-per-view. Whereas WWE, they're trying to squeeze 15, 20 matches into like a four, five, six hour yeah. pay-per-view. And it just, it's too much. Without a doubt about that. And that's what we've seen. Uh, Brian Dunham says, can't wait. Keep up the awesome work. Uh, Triple H, maybe someday we'll see you running the main roster. So, um, I mean, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? That would that? be the dream, yes. But, you know, we don't know if it's Shane McMahon in line to take over, you know if and when Vince McMahon either retires or passes away. Um, you know, I'm, I, I wouldn't like to call what's going to happen after that, but it, it will be a sad day in wrestling when Vince McMahon does step down, even though he's kind of destroyed the WWE product. Yeah, in, a, in, a, in a weird way, yeah. Um, Giuliano Galina Frietas. Sorry, I'm terrible with <laughs> names that aren't John or Malcolm Smith. Uh, can't wait for the NXT takeover. It is going to be awesome, and as they always are, yes, it is going to be very awesome. Right, There's, you know, maybe one or two matches there that I'm not expecting to deliver, but they normally do. Yeah, I mean, think it. If you're listening to this for the first time, you never listened to one of our shows before. So we should explain. We're going to run through the card in depth in a little bit. Of course, we have some games as well. Uh, we've been you know, a bit of news here and there. I'm hoping to talk about Dean Ambrose if we've got enough time. And of course, we've got two episodes Who? of NXTs. Sorry, John Moxley. Oh, there I you know, know that fella. 
like that if we can cram it in. Uh, Mr. Egghead said, look at all this incredible talent wasted on the main roster. The Revival, Ascension, Gable, etc. And you can't argue with it. The NXT talent goes up and look, up, look at Ricochet and Alistair Black. Two of the hottest things in NXT and just kind of got destroyed on the main roster didn't they you know absolutely yes you know and aside from a revival ascension gable you've got sanity which they was doing hot stuff in nxt even drew mcintyre to an extent yeah. you know we, we we expected a lot lot more from him he was absolutely killing things in uh nxt comes up and he's teaming with fucking baron corbin oh, and shame man yeah no he's, um, he's terrible there is so much wasted talent. EC3 as well. He he was quite wasted in NXT, to be fair. Yeah, no, he was. He yeah. didn't do great things, but there are there is so much talent that you know if if they're not being utilised in WWE, set them free. But yes, AEW, uh, but you know it's it is what it is. If you're not going to use them or stop pushing talents that are completely awful and wasted, i.e., Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns to some extent. You know, stop pushing people like that and use what you've got before you lose them. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? If they go away, if these undercard talent and midcard talent goes away and make themselves stars from another company, then what's saying W to go back and get them in three or four years' time anyway? Do you know what I mean? And use it like that. It, it's still going to be. It, it, there's no. It's what annoys me now with people like Chris Jericho, or even what happened Dean going all oh, their blacklisted. Oh, look, Jericho's going to be in the fucking Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about it. You know, if Ambrose wants to come back, you know, once he gets the, the right deal to come back, he's going to take it. You know, CM Punk for fuck's sake. Everybody said, like, "Oh no, he's never going to come back." But you never, you know, WWE would take them all back with open yeah, arms. Of course they would, because it's money. That's the thing people don't realise. Exactly that. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, Darian Gray. Now, this is the way to bounce back from double or nothing. Just let Triple H have a takeover the Saturday after <laughs> it, and everything will be fine. Yeah. That is quite a good argument. I oh, know, honestly, because people thought the Raw was going to help or whatever, but <laughs> it, it, that was 50 minutes of nonsense to start off with, I tell you. Yes, indeed. Uh, but takeover here tonight, like I said, has a chance, and usually it delivers, and it will be a great response, because NXT usually puts on a great show anyway, doesn't it, you know? Indeed, yes. We we haven't been disappointed from an from a takeover. Um, Nate Ricketts music. NXT is our brand of wrestling. Long may it rain. And yeah. amen to that. Exactly. We're all NXT fans here. So Ramel Ijel, time for another phenomenal NXT takeover. Well, it's not going to be quite phenomenal because AJ Styles isn't there. No. But I, I see what you mean. Yes, takeovers are amazing. They are awesome. And we absolutely love watching them. Uh, Thomas Parton, thank God for NXT. The WWE would be about it. And again, we probably would have given up on the WWE product if it wasn't for the likes of NXT and NXT UK just keeping us into it and keeping our spirits up. Hence why we do NXT Update and not Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, with you without anymore. a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, Kay Butt said, although Adam Cole should be NXT champion... I think Johnny Gagano will retain because of an unintentional attack by Roger Strong. And it will lead to Cole kicking Strong out the Unspeaked Era, which will lead to the rivalry. Now, that would be very, very interesting. Um, you know, there's. I'd like to see the, the Kevin Owens angle that they've been playing up on Twitter. That would be very, very interesting to see, you know, how that would go with them. You know, Kevin Owens is quite a mainstay of NXT. He's done wonders through the brand and... But, yeah, you know, it, it it could go either way or, you know, 
Adam Cole could win the championship. Uh, Riley and Bobby Fish could win the tag team championships. Roderick Strong could lose, and then it's they say, look, you know, we've won, you've lost. See, so like uh, it. Or their, or their bond could be stronger than ever. Exactly. I mean, we'll talk about more possibilities as well in a little bit when we uh, run through the card because well, I've got an idea about that well, as well. Kevin Huang says, Io Shirai should win the belt. If she loses, then I don't see who else is worthy of dethroning Basla. Well, Basla just... If they get Basla to retire the title like they did Oscar, then I will be so fucking annoyed. I know Basla's held it on for a long time, but she is no Oscar when it comes to her title reign. I'm sorry, she's not one of the greatest NXT Women's Champions of all time. No. <laughs> <laughs> no You're I'm, not going to argue I, with that? I, I, I can't <laughs> argue with that. Um, SD Pines, this is what the frustrated superstar in the main roster feels, and it's what differentiates NXT and the main roster. The main roster is a, just a corporate cash grab, Vince, not the wrestlers, and NXT is passionate about wrestling. It also... Worries about money, but it's not entirely that. Thank you, Triple H, and thank God for NXT. Well, look, I just want to say, say before we go into more detail, because we, you know, people have a go at Triple H a lot, and people like to think he's God at sometimes. But the, the the thing about this is that you've got to have a good team around you as well. And I'm sure Triple H has built a great team down in NXT that he can. These with Raw and SmackDown as well, and he can leave them in charge and then come down for the major events. Major events, uh, you know. Uh, but the thing with Vincent Man, the, the problem is that we're hearing uh, is, is that you know it's basically just him kind of making decision. That's great, and I would love to be the one on this podcast making all decisions. But sometimes you have to have get another person's point of view to point out when things are not going right. So then you can go call, go course, you know. It, and it's not have a go not good having a yes man either, you know. But yes, James. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I See, wholeheartedly yeah. agree. I hate these yes men going around here. Uh, anyway, so we'll move on, and uh, it's the first part of NXT update. And Dan, when does the first part of NXT update start? Now! episode 507 the show begins with a recap of last week's storyline regarding the viking war raiders experience vacating the nxt tag team titles general manager william regal tells us the solution he's come up with a four-way ladder match between the forgotten sons undeserving era lorkin and birch and the street profits for the belts well, as Marvo Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness, and not Percy Jackson slash Watson, but both the reunited Undisputed Era hit the ring. Adam Cole says they heard the rumours, but the era is stronger than ever. Everyone in the back's contract may read NXT superstars, but in reality, they belong to the Undisputed Era. They will be draped in championship gold soon. And that starts in two weeks when Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish regain the tag belts, and he beats Johnny Gagalo. Well, here comes the champ. Johnny says Cole got what he wanted, he got his title match, so now he needs to give him what he wants. 
He knows the only reason he got undisputed back together is because he knows he can't beat Gagano. On well, Cole disputes that and again starts to say that he won the first four at TakeOver New York. Johnny offers to help him with that since math is hard and Adam definitely didn't shock the school system. He explains that to win a two out of three falls match, you have to win two falls. Two. And the eight Cole says Johnny can condescend all night. The era will be celebrating. Well, Adam Cole's got a lot to say about, oh no. Well, Matt Riddle's there to uh, jump to Gagano's aid. Well, he's just beating up the undisputed there, and here comes Gagano. Drags Bobby Fish out the ring. Takes out Carl O'Reilly with a huge super kick. Turns his attentions to Adam Cole. And it's Roderick Strong and Matt Riddle. I think Riddle's getting the better. Well, Gagano, Riddle clear the ring and then back up against each other. And now here come the referees and officials breaking things up. Trainers, referees, EMTs down, both trying to separate the six guys. Johnny Gagano and Matt Riddle look to have made a, an unholy bond. Well, fist bump there as the undisputed here leave. And it'll be interesting to see what happens between this group of men. But we move on. And our first match is Mansoor defeating via pinfall after a swinging suplex. Well, Maluka controls the early game with a wrist lock, but Monsieur gets free and lands a drop kick. Then showboats, allowing Maluta to land a kick of his own and nails a Samoan drop. He hits a code breaker from the second rope, but can only get two. Two. He works the neck, but Monsoor eventually gets free with some elbows. A boot, then a German suplex, lead to a big neck breaker. The finisher comes soon after. Kelly is headed to Mr. Eagle's office where Undisputed Era come banging out. The GM tells her he met with Colton Company to tell him that they've done the last couple of weeks isn't how things are done in NXT. Teach him how things are done. He's booked Riddle versus Strong for TakeOver 25. And Gagano and Riddle will face O'Reilly and Strong tonight. Well, Velveteen Dream is here and says everyone wants to feel, touch and hold the American champ. But the Dream is too big to hold. Before he can get much further into his promo. Hey everyone, it's Tyler. It's Tyler. Tyler Breeze is back. And he says since he left NXT, things have felt dull. He thinks it's flattering there are Prince pretty knockoffs here now, but it isn't the same. Velveteen is understandably perturbed and says in his NXT, the people want a man, not a boy who plays cops and robbers. Just because Breeze couldn't cut it on Mondays and Tuesdays doesn't mean he can come back and demand a spotlight. Well, Tyler says it's not that he couldn't cut it, it's that he wasn't inspired. But Dream and the North American title do inspire him, and an inspired Breeze is far too much for Velveteen to handle. Dream takes another shot at Fashion Files, then tells Prince Pretty the line for a shot at him and his belt starts at the back. He offers Breeze a selfie before he leaves and Tyler deliberates before agreeing. Well, while they're posing, Tyler offers one more piece of advice. If you write your phone number on your trunks or up, it means they aren't interested. Oh! And there's Tyler Breeze, a cheap shot to the Dream and Prince Pretty sending a message to the North American champion. And I love Tyler Breeze, but I'm a huge fan, and I'm glad they put him back into NXT to actually give him a proper run for his money. Well, at least the cunt hasn't got a selfie stick with him anymore. <laughs> yeah. I suppose there's one, uh, there's one positive to this. Well, that's how long we've been watching NXT for now. You know, Dream moved. Uh, sorry, Tyler Breeze moved. Uh, you know, up to the main roster. Now we're sitting coming back down. So we we know it's pretty free. Well, did you know, James, that when we first started the podcast many moons ago? Tyler Breeze actually won a battle royal to become uh, to be the number one contender for the NXT Championship. Come back down again and uh, going for the North American title. Yeah, and I think it's great. And of course, we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. 
Well, Kelly catches Tyler as he's leaving. He says he's an NXT OG, or original guy. And he's just introduced Dream to an inspired Prince Pretty. Well, our next match, Candice LeRae defeated Reina Gonzalez via pinfall with Moonsault from the second rope. The hot, the huge size difference immediately a factor as Reina no-sells a cradle attempt and puts Candice down with a clothesline. That's followed with clubbing blows and stomps in the corner, then a power slam for a near fall. LeRae counters a wrist lock for a DDT, then counters another slam to send Gonzalez to the floor. Well, baseball slide connects, but follow-up springboard cross-body is caught, and Candice is thrown to the ring steps. LeRae won't give up, though. I only want it. Now here comes Candice back in. Going all the way up to the top. Lovely Hurricane Rana from the top by LeRae. Chops across the chest, backing Gonzalez up into the corner. <laughs> and just a flurry of strikes. And Candice Ray going up again. Drop kick from the top. The daughter of the giant. And now here comes Candice. Lime salt and get. Shout out to Jericho. Where Candice Ray gets a huge victory against Reina Gonzalez. Candice Cupcake. Oh, for God's sake. Well, we just had a good match with Candice, and now <coughs> looks like Baszler wants to come down. And she's not alone. She's with Duke and Sophia. And a three-on-one. This is a numbers game now. But Lorraine won't back down. She goes straight after the girls, but the numbers get the better of them. And Baszler has to do this. I don't know why. I don't know why she's so scared. Io Shirai <laughs> with a kendo stick. And crazy on the three of the four horsewomen. Well, Shai means business after what he did to Kari Sane. And what they've done to her. She's going batshit crazy with that stick. Well, she's taken out. She's fearing Duke. And it's just her and Basil are left in the ring. <laughs> Shayna looking to hightail it out there, but gets caught. I got on Eo. And destroying the kendo stick. And they're dragging Basil away. And Shai, is she ready for Baszler at takeover for the Women's Championship? Well, I would say so. As she checks on Candice, she will not let go things go down like that anymore. She is... The, I'm sorry, if she came down... So what do you think of that, Dan? Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm glad that the NHT Women's roster are kind of standing up to Baszler now. You know, it's uh, they're not letting the numbers get them down. Without a doubt, and it's always good to see. Well, we learned that Mr. Regal's book Breeze versus Dream for the North America belt a takeover, and next week we'll see Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair and Krishida versus Drew Gulak. Our main event, and it is Kyle O'Reilly, or handsome Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish versus Matt Riddle and Johnny Gagano. So here we go, main event, and we're seeing uh, not a bad tag team match here. Of course, these the undisputed they were going to go for the tag team titles at Takeover. Of course, Gagano defending championship. Riddle has even got a match with Strong. And at the moment, are you happy with NXT Takeover? As in, you happy with this kind of match and the build up that we've been? I am actually sort of yeah, because um, at least now that the undisputed era, they've kind of got a bit of direction. You know, all four guys have got a match. Three of the guys are going for titles. It would have made it a bit more different if Strong was going against Velveteen Dream. They could say, look, you know, tonight, after tonight, our prophecy will be true and all of Undeserving Era will be draped in gold. But, you know, hopefully if we get good, clean matches. Well, exactly. And we've seen this tag team match here. It's really interesting. Matt Riddle. Has Matt Riddle got an eye on the NXT? Depends on him. What kind of man would that turn Johnny Gagano into down the line? Well, exactly. And it's the interesting story. And, and with Gagano, you just, you just worry for him if you ever got moved up to the main roster as well, and what they kind of destroy, there seems to be so much mileage left, where Garni seems to be one of those kind of pillars of things you should never move, or, or never change in NXT, 
and he's seen it with the Undisputed Era as well. They, you know, they've been constant, and now finally it seems like they're actually kind of relevant again, you know, in, in a weird way. And even Matt Riddle, we, we both said this, didn't we, about him when he first made his debut. He would be featured in the top matches as NXT went along, you know, without a doubt. And that's what we're seeing yeah. here. Like him or loathe him. I don't know, he's kind of growing on me. Like, not like that wart I've got on the inside of my thigh. <laughs> Riddle's not been in yet, but he has got uh, his ribs taped. And Fish distracting Riddle and both turning their attentions to him. But Gagano's there to make the save. Takes out Bobby Fish with a kick to the head. Matt Riddle gets the tag in. Huge chops to the chest of Fish. Palm strikes all over the chest of Bobby Fish as well. And the bro kicks in the corner. I think, well, don't get me wrong, but I think Matt Riddle could have some good matches with Daniel Bryan. I, I don't mind his offence, you know, the way he wrestles. It's quite cool. I just, my problem is his character and also needs to wear boots. But, I mean, that's something else. That is, yeah. <laughs> that's my own personal, it's like, you know. But now Fish and Riddle exchange in the middle of the ring. And Bobby's showing that he can uh, fight with the best of them. I think uh, O'Reilly's a brilliant worker mm. as well, to be fair. You know, and I've always said that. Now Riddle with a gut wrench. Second gut wrench rolls through. Look at it, the third. No, just throws him down as O'Reilly gets caught in a gut wrench trying to wiggle himself free. <laughs> he looks like a fish. He looks like Bobby Fee. Now Riddle looking for the trivector on O'Reilly. Uh, he couldn't manage the second one on him, so he played out like his back was hurt. It's caught with a huge back elbow from Fish. And if the ribs and lower back are uh, damaged on Matt Riddle, it's going to spell good news for the master of the backbreaker, Roderick Strong. Yeah, you've got to think that they had a talk earlier about softening up Matt Riddle and Gagano as much as possible come takeover. You know, I know they talk about not having any leaders or if Adam Cole says he is a leader, but you've got to think he's saying go out there and make it. You, know, you, you might get beaten up. You've got the tag team title match, come takeover, but you, you know, you've still got to go there and inflicted damage. You can see Riddle's already injured. So, you know, Fish and O'Reilly work as a fantastic tag team. Oh, well, we see some um, outside involvement towards the end of this match to uh, further beat their opponents for tonight down. This is the thing. They've got it in their hands. I mean, Mr. Riggs trying to keep control, but it's always a numbers game at the moment. Snap suplex from the Undisputed Era, though. Goes for the cover, only a two count. Two. They certainly are targeting the back and ribs of Riddle. It's a very clever move from the Undisputed Era. As much as we get annoyed by them, they are smart in what they do. They're cutting off the ring, making quick tags as well. I mean, Gagano, the only thing that it's happened through, he's getting a little bit, he's, you know, fresher now. But if Riddle can't get to him, then that's, the, you know, it's over and done with. It's probably the best one for them to soften up as well because, you know, even though the match between Riddle and Strong is only for pride, you know, the match that Cole's got with Gagano, you know, kind of the undeserving, mm. even, uh, the undeserving era leader is, uh, you know, for the NXT Championship. So he's going to want a worn down Gagano for right that. Doubt. You know, Cole's been talking so much as well, you know, about the Undisputed Era and about different prophecies. And everybody, he's got to pull up or shut up every you know, he's, he's come up short, and even though he says he pinned that Johnny Gagano, it was a two out of three falls match, as we've seen. So you've got to question what would happen to the Undisputed Era with the United at the moment, but will what happens at TakeOver, look, you know, represent maybe even the end of the Undisputed Era? We just don't know at the moment. But he does know how to pin Johnny Gagano. That is one of the only points we could take away from that. If Cole walks out NXT champion at TakeOver, then everything that he says will be validated. 
And this is the thing that O'Reilly and Fisher's where it could, like you say, it could be a great night for the undisputed era. And Riddle is not looking 100% at this moment in time either. And Riddle finally coming back a little bit. But that was lovely by O'Reilly. That was in throw, but Matt Riddle up, looking for the powerbomb. O'Reilly lands on his feet. And now O'Reilly with a guillotine, but Riddle turns it around. Ripcord knee, manages to get a tag to Gagano. Springs over the top rope, takes out well, huge clotheslines, and he's on fire, baby. Belly to belly overhead, just running from corner to corner, delivering chops. Great dual offense, Bulldog and Lariat. And now Gagano kicks away O'Reilly as he DDT's Fish. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh. Only a two count. Two. But the punishment riddle's been taken in this match. He's not able to. Blind tag for O'Reilly. And that's the undisputed era. And he hits chasing the dragon, goes for the cover. So chasing the dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it. Isn't that a euphemism for taking heroin? It is indeed, but they managed to Gargano managed to kick out. Ah, Gargano managing managing to fight out for that uh, combination attempt from the undisputed era. Matt Riddle's back in, looking to hit a German super extending switch by by O'Reilly. Hits one on Riddle, who just fires himself back up to his feet, delivers one, but gets caught with a spinning lap kick to the chest. Of O'Reilly, who sells absolutely brilliantly. A great exchange there. Blind tag by Riddle. Lugano with a roll through. Fish with a duck as well. Rolls out the way of a standing shooting star press. But gets caught with a kick and a running sent on from Riddle. Who goes up top. He's looking for the bro sort. <laughs> and he hits it. One, two. Oh, oh. no. Handsome O'Reilly in to break it up. Gagano dodging O'Reilly. Double kick there. Oh, oh, fucking hell. Gagano throws O'Reilly into the knee of Riddle. Bobby Fish back in, but getting caught with palm strikes. Turns it around with a knee to the midsection. Follow out with a couple of kicks. Gets caught by Riddle, who plants Fish with a powerbomb. Who turns him over. Knee into the cover. One, two. No, O'Reilly pulls his leg out and saves his partner in the match. O'Reilly, such a great tag partner. Always there to help out his friend. Fiddles on the apron. Oh, and he gets caught with a kick across the chest. Oh, and here comes Adam Cole. Oh, but Gagano spots him a mile off and just dives through the... Matt Riddle's left. Oh, Roderick Strong through the crowd. Turns Riddle inside out on the edge of the ring apron. Throws him back in the ring. High and low from the Undisputed Era. Two, three. Oh. And Matt Riddle's been pinned... <laughs> By Bobby Fish. Yeah, well, they're not... Or oh, is this Undisputed Era's way of sending a statement? Well, Johnny Gagano's getting lined up for the last shot. Takes him out. Well, we might have never seen the Undisputed Era looking as dangerous as they have right now. Certainly sending a message. And certainly Undisputed at the moment. And they're working well. And they might as well shock the system. But we'll have to find out later. But let's just stop for NXT and NXT TakeOver at the moment. And let's just talk about what we mentioned earlier in the shout-outs. Well, speaking of shout-outs first, JJ Lavis on Twitter. So he's going for Adam Cole and Shania Baszler tonight. Dan, who are you going for in those matches? I cannot confirm <laughs> nor deny that I may or may not be going for one or both of them in the matches. Tonight. Well, the points will be on the line later, as we know. But let's talk about AEW, because last weekend, all eyes in the wrestling world were on all of wrestling's first pay-per-view event, Double or Nothing. Well, Double or Nothing started off the AEW promotion with a bang. 
And now some fans believe a wrestling war is breaking out between AEW and WWE. Yeah, I stayed up and watched this. This is on ITV box office. And I am a fan of other wrestling events, of course, not only the WWE. And, and, and I watched it and I saw a lot of people online asking for live streaming. Now, I don't want to moan, but the whole thing with the W Network and other things like this is that people content this is what keeps other wrestling companies afloat the reason we get other AEW and other companies like that is because people pay for the product so it annoys me when people want to kind of lie illegally live stream or something just pay for it it's not a lot same as netflix or whatever it is a month and it's worth it as well you know yes well i illegally downloaded it <laughs> <laughs> no, i can't deny that he didn't i, didn't, I honestly <laughs> i didn't know it was People were saying that it was like $50 in America or $40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 16 quid on ITV six, box office. Yeah, six, I don't think so it was too bad. It, it wasn't, no, it wasn't a, break, uh, a bank-breaking amount. But uh, no, their pay-per-view was a huge success and it had everyone talking about it, including some WWE superstars. A curious tweet went out from Sasha Banks where she referenced Awesome Kong making a professional wrestling return at Double or Nothing. Yeah, Banks and followed up with a tweet congratulating the women competing for AEW and she says she was excited for women's wrestling. Well, she simply put, congratulations, ladies, I'm excited for women's wrestling. Well, it turns out Sasha Banks wasn't the only W superstar watching AEW Double or Nothing last night. Well, before the PPV hit the air, Big E, who is hilarious on Twitter, by the way, took to social media and posted that he hoped everyone enjoyed the show and he wished the best for everyone involved using funny redacted quotes. Yeah, Biggie wasn't the only New Day member either. Xavier Woods didn't even care about redacting anything and posted a photo of New Day with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega with his luck sent. Yes, uh, he also made a gif of former WWE superstar Ty Dillinger who made his debut at AEW last night under the name Sean Spears. Also, who know uh, who all knows that Peyton Royce of the Iconics is dating Sean Spears. Plus, she's also friends with Britt Baker, the woman who won the very first AEW women's match last night. She said, wow, what a hunk at perfection. Perfect 10. Perfect 10, perfection, whatever. Sean Spears, Ty Dillinger. And she also said, hi, at Real Britt Baker. Matt Hardy sent out his best wishes as well for the AEW Nothing event. He said, best of luck to my dear friends who are out to change the world today. Carl Anderson, who worked with the Young Bucks in Japan, sent out a Finley Vale message as well during the AEW Double or Nothing. He simply said, God, I miss those boys. Uh, WWE female superstar Naomi, who most recently competed in the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, was watching AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view. And made sure her fans on Twitter know. She just put, I did. <laughs> and Jim also, I hope that if you watched the pay for you, that you enjoyed it. Thanks for giving a new brand a try. We know that we have to earn your business and we will. Well, Dan, what was the card for a, a, a for double or nothing? We've mentioned it enough times now. Um, well, the first match, it was a 21-man casino battle royale. The winner receiving a future AEW World Championship match against the winner of the main event. And Adam Page won it by last eliminating MJF. Uh, Kip Sabian defeated Sammy Guevara in another singles match. So Cal Uncensored, which is Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, defeated Stronghearts, Seema, T-Hawk and L. Lindemann. I thought that was a great way to start off the pay for you proper. And to have a six-man tag team match like that really excited the crowd. And I'm a really big fan of that. And it was good to see that. 
Yes, um, Dr. Britt Baker, uh, DMD, defeated Nyla Rose and Kylie Ray and Awesome Kong with Brandy Rose in a fatal four-way match. Yeah, not a bad surprise with Awesome Kong coming out, but I've still got to get used to the, the kind of women in AEW. Um, best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta defeated Angelo and Jack Evans. Yeah, again, great tag team match. It was good to see. Uh, Hikaru Shida... Uh, uh, Rio Abe and Ryo Mizunami defeated Asia Kong, Yuka Sakazaki and Emi Sakura. Yeah, the crowd took a little bit of time getting into this one, but once they did and accepted it, everybody enjoyed it. Um, Cody with Brandy Rose defeated Dustin Rhodes in yeah, a singles match. It was a great match, and I'm sure a lot of people have have seen the kind of visuals from from Dustin being, uh, you know, bleeding and just bleeding all over the ring, basically grotesque in a way and it's quite cool and of course Cody's entrance as well yes uh, well with Cody's entrance he kind of made his entrance grabbed a sledgehammer i.e. Triple H's weapon of choice and smashed Triple H's throne on the stage yeah. but it was, it was a good match a good story told and Cody got the victory and then said to uh, Dustin afterwards like you know we, we've been fighting but we'll team up as brothers at the next show to go against Young Bucks which again leading into that I thought was quite cleverly done as well. Yes uh, it was very well told story uh, the Young Bucks Matt and Nick Jackson defeated the Lucha Brothers Pentagon Jr and Ray Phoenix in a tag team match for the AAA World Tag Team Championship. If N- if NXT had the tag team division of the AEW because AEW haven't even got a tag team titles yet if they had the Young Bucks and everything like that, the shit they were doing there were fucking amazing. And to be on NXT, didn't, I, all I would watch was the NXT, because I would have everything that I would need, you know? Yes, and uh, Chris Jericho defeated Kenny Omega in a singles match. The winner will face Hangman Adam Page in a future mm. AW World Championship match. Um, it was quite a long barn burner of a match. Again, you know, both these guys are... Very, very good wrestlers. Well, I don't, can't Ken, take that away. Kenny Omega is one of the best, and he, you know, bumping and around for Jericho as he did in that match. Uh, it wasn't as good as a, a previous encounter, but still, it wasn't meant to be. It was meant to tell a story. And Chris Jericho's the right guy to get the victory because then you can get a rubber match between the two. And Jericho calls faces Adam Page, and you think there you go, that's the story told. But that wasn't it, was it? No, the story was far from over because uh, as Jericho was celebrating, a certain wrestler called John Moxley. Kind of made his entrance. You might know him as Dean Ambrose. Uh, he took out Chris Jericho and the referee, both with Dirty Deeds. Yeah, and because it, it, what was good about the set coming out, it looked kind of W-orientated. I like around the ring, it had the kind of the, the, the black cover-up, not like kind of gate or whatever it was. Uh, and it had the poker chips, and of course with Dean Ambrose using it at the end. You know, to to get rid of Kenny Omega, I thought, thank God they're using it because we always moan about entrance ways, don't we? And kind of what they look like, and it was good to see a prop set up and actually be used as well. And it brought excitement; everybody was buzzing about it, you know. And uh, we'll talk about Dean Ambrose in a little bit, or John Moxley as it is now. But WWE's attempt to uh, kind of fight him back, they thought would have happened on Raw, and all it was really was Sami Zayn mentioning AEW on the new electric chair segment and then not really anything else happening, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, God, that was awful. Uh, but El Generico, I'm not saying, I cannot confirm or deny Sami Zayn and El Generico are the same person, but he tweeted out, didn't he, Dan? Yes, well, it, 
what we say is um, last night the announcers at AEW gave a special call out to the generic luchador for Tijuana named El Generico. For those who don't know, that was Sami Zayn's gimmick before he signed with WWE. And Sami Zayn still pulls out the old Twitter account occasionally for some fun posts. And he said, Hola amigos, someone is still in my account, but it's back to normal now. Any good things that happen tonight? Enjoy a pro wrestle. I mean, possibly the most shocking ringside news posted a screen grab from the private Instagram page where someone loved AEW, AEW double or nothing. The screen grab showed the Undertaker's official Instagram <laughs> account like the post. Oh my God, imagine if they lost him. Well, AEW is officially here and it seems that even WWE superstars are taking notice. Speaking in a conference call on Thursday afternoon, the King of Kings discussed the future of the NXT UK brand for his inaugural special in January of this year. And with the weekly show on Wednesday evenings also impressing. I'm hoping we can still put out some things soon that we're just trying to finalise some things, the 49-year-old said. Well, when One Piece moves, the dominoes fall, so things have shifted down the line. But we're hoping to have an announcement soon. The former WWE champion delved into the history of TakeOver events and their evolution in the last half decade following their debut in 2014 when asked about a learning curve in this process he explained when you start something how do you make it have its own identity not make it a version of something else and try to make it stand alone that's been the learning curve it's been a unique experience for me to learn from so many of these men and women come into this system from all various walks of life it's not about them all coming from the same place and having the same journey Away from WWE, like we said, AEW, still in a conference call with Triple H, will get brought up. Triple H himself referenced the company backed by the co-owner of Fulham, as you said, Dan, Tony Khan, at the Hall of Fame back in April, making a remark during DX's speech. Well, Cody Rhodes responded to this in Vegas by destroying a frame with a sledgehammer, a trademark of of Triple H's in-ring career. Despite the potential for a war between the two companies atop the wrestling landscape, Triple H explained that his current focus remains on NXT. Well, for me, I don't think about it, to be honest, the 12-time world champion said. For me, when it comes to this takeover, I want to put out the best product possible. I'm not focused on anyone else or their creative or what they said or didn't say or anything else to me. I'm focused tonight and takeover 25. Well, a soul man who will have the honour of competing in the first takeover, as well as its silver jubilee, is Tyler Breeze, who will be facing Velty Dream for the NXT North American Championship. He's really looking forward to Basler and Io Shirai because of their different styles clashing. And Breeze is officially classified as an NXT talent again, saying that kind of match against Dream has the potential still to show. They both want to prove something here. Taz returned to NXT following a four-year stint on the main roster. His appearances becoming increasingly sporadic as time has gone by. On his return to the NXT roster, the game expressed that he is thrilled about having one of his former talents return. He said, for me, Tyler Breeze is in NXT right now. I'm thrilled to have him in. I think he's one of the greatest talents out there, and I'm thrilled to have him back. So Tyler Breeze is full-time, and even when Triple H talk about TakeOver, AEW gets mentioned. So AEW versus NXT, Dan. Who do you... At the moment, when you look at the rosters now, which one's stronger for you? If we're going to have a quick mass debate here. Um, I would say... Uh, AEW, to be honest. Really? You'd pick AEW? I would, yeah. Why? Um, I think it's... It has got 
and all, you know, there there are obviously vast differences in the two, but with Dean Ambrose, you know, it doesn't go without saying I'm a huge fan of him. Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, they're both brilliant talents. You know, they can't be wrestling each other week in, week out. Gold Dust or Dustin Rhodes, I think he's always been a great mainstay in WWE for many, many years. Cody Rhodes, again, another good talent wasted by WWE. Um, the Young Bucks and, you know, that Orange Cassidy as well. I mean, yeah. come on, he's <laughs> been setting Twitter alight. I knew you'd get him in somehow. Uh, yeah, this is the thing, though, but I think with NXT, the women's division, I think, uh, has taken a hit recent times. I think the tag team division has, even the main, you know, the, the, the main event scene. And NXT, you've got to remember, it's still a developmental, whereas AEW is his own company. It just so happened that NXT is just making a kind of better product at the moment, you know, than WWE. But I feel the real kind of sleeper at the moment, the, the one I feel at the end of the year, if they build it in the right direction, can be better than AEW, NXT, anything else, is NXT UK. I, I truly believe the, the Volta and the Pete Dunne that we've got coming up with a rematch uh, and everything that happens afterwards. I think Tony Storm as Women's Champ with Piper Niven involved is fantastic. People like Noam Dar, Mandrews, even Flash Morgan Webster and people like that. Great talent. If you need to sort out a tag team division, I think AEW comes out on top in tag teams throughout the whole thing. I think WWE are crazy with the amount of talent they got on the main roster for tag teams to not have a perfect tag team division. When you look at Usos and New Day, Revival, you know, everybody like that, it, it's it's crazy. They can, but they just won't at this moment in time, you know? Well, we've got some more stuff on Dean Ambrose. Yeah, um, yeah if we had time, we weren't sure. Well, I'll do, I'll do it briefly anyway, but former WWE superstar Dean Ambrose set the wrestling world alight when he made a surprise debut at Double or Nothing. Yeah, well, now Moxley has done it all again with a tell-all interview on Chris Jericho's Talk is Jericho podcast, which is the third best podcast in the world. He tells his creative frustrations with WWE and Vince McMahon. Well, it will remind wrestling fans of CM Punk's notorious appearance on the Colt Cabana podcast in 2014, in which Punk heavily criticised WWE. So if we see Dean Ambrose suing Jericho in a couple of years' time, <laughs> yeah, we know why. Okay, so here are nine... Big things we learn from John Moxley's appearance on Talkies Jericho. He is grateful to the WWE. Moxley opened the interview by confirming his gratitude for eight years he spent with WWE, not least all of his for meeting his wife, Royal announcer Renee Young. He said the last eight years I couldn't have been any more successful and I'm full of gratitude to WWE for that. Now that I've got out of the way, let's just bury the company for the next two hours. <laughs> he hated wacky Dean Ambrose. Yeah, John Moxley didn't really like Dean Ambrose. Uh, during this time as Dean Ambrose, Moxley was cast as the lunatic Fringe, a character who got up to all sorts of wacky antics, such as squirting opponents with ketchup and mustard and wearing a gas mask to the ring. He described several incidents in which he was presented with scripts and wanted to change details and toilet humour, which usually ended with him having to see Vince personally to try and get promos changed. In one promo with scripts, he described what he'd done on his way to the arena that day. He recalled, they weren't things that a cool person does, that a relatable person does, that a guy want to have a beer with does. Not even things a guy you would root for does. These were things that an idiot would do. Things like on the lines of driving backwards on the street in a unicycle. He recalls how Vince responded, this is you, this is great shit, this is what makes you you. Moxie replied, so I'm an idiot. Well, the former lunatic fringe complained to a writer that they were wasting time running around over script changes, time that could be spent developing characters.
characters and storylines. He said, we're all just in self-preservation mode, trying not to look like idiots instead of doing creative things. Well, the next point is Lesnar is ruining WWE. He pays Brock billions of dollars to come in and ruin his company. Moxie described how Vince was frustrated with him wanting to leave WWE because it was a situation, situation. he could control with money. He said of Vince, he's got the million dollar man complex, that's why he pays Brock billions of dollars to come in and ruin his company. Because he wants to own Brock. Brock's my attraction. And Moxley said that he would never have signed a new deal even if he'd been offered a Brock contract. Moxley said, I told him, I don't care how many zeros you've got on a piece of paper, I am gone. I remember thinking at one point, what if they offer me 10 million like a Brock contract? What am I going to do with 10 million? There was literally no number they could put on a piece of paper to make me stay. And he didn't actually leave for AEW. As soon as word leaked out Dean Ambrose was leaving WWE, rumours began circulating that he would resurface in AEW as John Moxley. But he denies that AEW prompted him to make the decision he was leaving WWE, whatever happened. Moxley said, but he wants the Monday Night War back. My leaving WWE exists outside of that, whether AEW exists or not, I was leaving WWE. If there was no other promotions to work for in the world, I still would have left WWE if there were no other wrestlers. I'd have started my own promotion, started my own training school and trained my own opponents. He said he would have seeded the wrestling business from scratch if he had to. WWE creative sucks and it's Vince's fault. He says I think Vince is the problem. Frustrated with a bureaucratic red tape of the creative process and meetings, a system he admits he doesn't understand. Well, he said the WWE's creative process sucks, it does not work. I said that to Vince, I said that to Hunter, I said it to Michael Hayes. I can't even tell you how the system works. It's killing the company. I think Vince is a problem. I, if I have a goal with AEW, it's that we can prove that Vince's way sucks. This is not what I'm going to focus on because it's not about competing with WWE. We're just going to be over here putting on... If a byproduct of that is it pushes WWE to reevaluate with a crisis, to reevaluate their creative process, not that Vince is going to step aside. We all know he's going to die in the chair, but maybe he'll listen to someone else's ideas. Maybe he'll be open to doing it in a different way. Well, he suffered anxiety and depression. Well, as Ambrose, he always tried to get his best, tried his best to make these crazy skits work. He said, "I'll give my absolute best effort to make this." can it's me but he goes on to describe the anxiety and depression he felt from having to battle with a creative team each monday before raw he recalls how he had to take a 30 second rest before going into vince's office for yet another meeting about script changes moxie said oh, i remember physically leaning on the road case and just feeling like actual exhaustion emotional physical mental exhaustion not so much because of that day because of six years of this six years of having to go into this man's office this old man trying to explain to him while wearing Musk is a stupid idea. While carrying a little red wagon to the ring is a stupid idea. While maiming a mannequin in the ring is a stupid idea. I was done. He wanted that last July. And while he was out of action, first with a tricep tear, then a staff infection, he was making his mind up about his future in WWE. After years of being unhappy with the creative direction, he pitched Vincent Mann's plans for his eventual return at SummerSlam last year. The plans were nixed and replaced with a lukewarm return him appearing in Seth Rollins' corner for the event. He said, I pretty much knew that I was gone in July 2018. He almost walked out after disagreements over a now infamous backstage skit in which he received inoculations to 
protecting from diseased fans. But Moxley was determined not to quit, ask for his release, or get fired. He said, I'd just rather not do business like that if I don't have to. My wife works there. It would have been unfair to put her in a position of any awkwardness. Well, he wanted to ride it out on April 4th when his contract finished and he began counting down the days of his calendar. Moxley said, the clock strikes midnight and I'm just free and I'll get all my royalties. Well, if they're going to sell a Shield DVD in Cambodia two years from now, I'm getting my 2.7 cents. You better believe that. Uh, mocking Roman Reigns' leukaemia. After this hill turn of Seth Rollins last year, which happened the same night Roman Reigns announced he was receiving treatment for leukaemia, Moxley Ambrose is scripted to make controversial comments mocking Reigns' cancer diagnosis. It comes as no surprise that Moxley was unhappy with the comments about his real-life friend's illness. Well, the first time he raised concerns about the lines, Vincent Mann talked him into thinking it was a good idea. He recalls Vince told him, but Roman's part of the story. You've got to make sure he's still included. You turn on him and Seth. Moxley said he, he says it in a kind of insidious way where it kind of didn't seem so bad. Basically, he gave me the Vince Jedi mind trick. But when Moxley delivered the promo in the ring, he knew it was a mistake. He said as soon as the line left, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. In another promo, scripted about Reigns' cancer was so offensive that he had point blank refused to say it. He wouldn't even repeat the line on Jericho's podcast. And he believes the line would have got someone fired, possibly himself, and lost WWE sponsors. Moxley said, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know if it was Vince himself, if it was a writer, and you're listening right now. You should be ashamed of yourself. If I'd have said it, it would have been on me, not Vince. Yeah, so it was quite unbelievable what we saw with John Moxley. Uh, it, you know, the, the, when the podcast came out and I listened to it, the kind of emotion that he had. He loves professional wrestling. That's what come across. And he said a lot of people are unhappy by it. I know you're a huge Dean Ambrose fan, Dan. I know it's sad to see. But it must be great to hear that his passion for wrestling still exists. You know, and you're going to see him a lot by the sounds of it. Indeed, yes. Um, that's the thing. You know, if someone's not happy where they are, they've got to change it. Mm. Um, you know, if you've kind of reached your ceiling, so to speak, you know, you, you want to break through that ceiling. Um, you know, you've got to do everything you can to make yourself happy. And, you know, it's if he's not happy there, go out, change something, maybe return in a few years' time. You know, I don't know what the situation's going to be. Situation. But, you know, it might be open to return. It might not. But Vince, you know, he loves money, so he'll probably let him come back for another Shield reunion. You know, the thing is, Vince is in charge at the end of the day. And if it's his process that's taking WWE down, then nothing's going to happen until, like you said, with Dean Anderson, he's going to die on the chair, you know, basically. So, and I think it's off limits with Vincent Mann, so you shouldn't be surprised by that kind of news. And, and with Dean Ambrose, you wonder who else in there is going to do it. But if they're going to do it, do it the right way as Dean Ambrose. Don't get me wrong, I love CM Punk. But, you know, Ambrose even said, like, walking out the way he did, you know, where he, he doesn't do business like that. And Ambrose now, you know, had the chance to make a, a big impact, and he did, you know, so it's great to see. <clears throat> Indeed, yes. So, we'll move on for Ambrose and AEW. I mean, where do you think AEW and Dean Ambrose will be in a year's time? Give me a quick look into the future. I think they'll be going well. Um, you know, they've they've always got the option of signing unhappy WWE superstars, and there, by all accounts, are a lot of them. Um, hopefully, give them the time, but... You know, maybe after a while, wrestlers are going to get unhappy in AEW. You know, you never know 
how things are going to go. I reckon they'll still be around. They'll be, you know, they have their weekly TV show. Will it be on a Monday or a Tuesday, or will it be on a on a completely different day? We do not know, but I think they're still going to be going quite well. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see Times Head, and of course, we'll be mentioning it as well because it is wrestling news, and we are a fan of professional wrestling. You know, not just uh, the WWE as well sports entertainment enthusiasts as we've been called in recent times but let's play a game then before we uh have the last nxt update and dan shall we polish off an old classic we'll polish up the turd that is elephant or f1 yeah do you want to explain to everybody well i make a noise with my mouth that sounds like either an elephant or an f1 car i've got a card here with elephant or f1 written on either side I choose one, make a noise, James has to guess. We get three rounds, see if James can either get two, one or three yeah. out of the three. And if I win, if we'll get all three, it's get bonus point, don't I? Remember that? No, you don't. <laughs> all right, so start us off. Right, here goes the first one. <laughs> oh, come on, that's two, that's an elephant. That was an elephant. Yeah. I'll give you an easy one because I like you. Uh, I like. I like you. <laughs> oh, see, that was a difficult one. That was a difficult one. Uh, I'm going to say that was an F1 car. That was indeed an F1 car. Right, so, third and final one. Can you get the trivector? Can you make the hat trick? Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> Wow. Okay, well, people might say that's an elephant, but the thing is, I hear F1 cars like that soon because when you come up brake too soon at a turn and there could be another couple, it might not just be one F1 car, it might be a few of them. So I am going to say elephant. It was F F1 car. It was braking on a tight corner, just as you thought it was. I was so... You had the premise there. Oh. See which way you was kind of leaning, but no, you're wrong. <laughs> so close, yet so far. Oh, my God. So, we've talked about AEW and Dean Ambrose, and, of course, NXT TakeOver 25. He's just on in, in over 50 minutes, and we're going to be enjoying it. Of course, we'll bring it out to you uh, on either Wednesday or at the weekend. I'm not sure yet, but you definitely get it soon. Of course, you hear it across all the social media. But now it's time, Dan, for the second part of NXT Update. And, and, and when does that start? Now! It's May 29th and it's episode 508. Well, right to the opening theme this week and the HBIC is making her entrance before we can even hear from Nigel McGuinness, Mauro Ronaldo and, not Percy Watson slash Jackson, but Beth Phoenix 
We're reminded of the history between her and the EST. Yeah, well, Mia Yim defeats Bianca Belair via pinfall following a protect your neck. Defeated Belair? Well, Yim with an early drop kick, but when she goes to retrieve Belair from the outside, she's caught with a cheap shot that gets Bianca right back into it. They brawl and Mia gets control again. Blair misses a charge and ends up hitting the ring post with a shoulder. Eat defeat, but Bianca bounces out the ring. She tries to leave, but Mia catches her. Slam onto the steel ramp, puts Bianca in position to take a count-out win, but Yim breaks the count. More power moves from Belair, but she escapes the powerbomb set-up and hits her finisher. Well, Nigel reminds us about Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze for the North American over, and then we get a video package. Dream sets up for a selfie and says he remembers Prince Pity. <coughs> Dream sets up for a selfie and says he remembers Prince Pretty. They show footage of Breeze getting the news of his call-up at the Performance Centre. Well, Velveteen says it was the last time he got a standing ovation. We see footage of Tyler on the main roster from his debut to comedy stuff with Fandango. He has upgraded. Breeze says he remembers being a staple of NXT, but Velveteen says that doesn't earn him a title shot. Dream reminds us that the great value version of him has never held gold. Breeze says he's taken the spotlight back. We see Io Shirai coming to Candice LeRae's aid last week, lighting up Shania Bazaar and the horsewoman with a kendo stick. Then we go to a photo shoot earlier today, where Faces interviewer guy asks if the champ has anything to say. She says, at TakeOver, so the sky won't be allowed to use weapons, and she'll be all out of friends, while Shayna still has hers. And up next, it is a, a great kind of way to have it on the NXT TakeOver pre-show as it was. And we're going to see Drew Gulak going against Kushida. Of course, he made his debut just a few weeks ago against Cassis Ono. But he's going to go against one of 205 Live's best. And uh, this is a quite a good uh, mesh of styles. Both of these guys are quite technical. Indeed, yes. Uh, Kushida, I've not really seen too much of him to be overly impressed. I'm really not sure about his very, very outdated uh, Back to the Future gimmick. Oh, how dare you? How I love that. I love that. I am a huge him. fan of the Back to the Future <laughs> films, but come on, it's like fucking 80s stuff. No, nah, man, it's good. I love it. I love it. He is the Marty McFly professional wrestling. Well, no, because he's not standing there shimmering. Well, he, he uses the hoverboard lot, you know, he incorporates that a lot. And it's a gimmick that obviously not many people have got. But she's, this is only his second match in NXT. So, like you said, there's still a lot um, to, to show as it was, and Gulak there wants to kind of stop the show. Gulak, an interesting opponent for Kushida? I think so, because we can see the more technical side he can do. He's quite well known uh, for that, as well as the kind of hostile and the other, the other things he brings to it. I think Gulak brings out that side, it's more scientific. And it's good to see Gulak used, you know, if he's not going to be used in a 205 Live story, I'm bringing to NXT. I think he's talented enough, isn't he? You know, we talk about Gulak. He is indeed, Jess. And, uh, you know, NXT, I think size is uh, something that doesn't matter. Mm. Both men just testing the other one out in the early going. Gulak got Kushida bent back in the early going. Oh, with Kushida managing to power his way back up to a vertical base, trying to turn it round. But Gulak picks a leg and just drops Kushida to the mat. Half Boston. Kushida escaped this. Well, manages to roll through. Well, very intelligent. He managed to move the arms and then try and get a triangle. Gulak then had to let go. Backslide from Kushida into a cross-face variation. Switches sides into a side headlock. And now Gulak throwing Kushida in and now both men. Trying to go for the abdominal stretch but just <laughs> spinning around in circles. Kushida gets a variation of it in on Gulak. Drew managing to power out. Turns it on Kushida. 
It's quite refreshing to see a different style, isn't it? Yeah, you know? it's a rolling trailer hitch. Well, I'm colour me impressed. As we can see, both men just traded, and it's, it's, it's kind of the difference that we see, and both men definitely bring that to the table. Oh, well, yeah, you know, we know Gulak's had that in spades, but, you know, seeing Kashida managing to keep up with Gulak on this as well is very good. Both men seem to have a counter for the other one at the moment. And both men, again, <laughs> just spinning around trying to hip-lock each other. Eventually, Kashida gets thrown over the top rope, lands on the apron, and just hangs Gulak up by his arm on the top rope. As he springs back into the ring. Gulak catches him. Gut buster. I think Gulak realises as well. He always seems to stay attached to his opponent. That's the one thing. Don't yeah. let them breathe. As he rolls through, he's got the, his leg on his on Kashida's head. He's also working the wrist. Kashida trying to fight out as well as he can. He's got a submission locked in on Gulak, but if I know Gulak, he'll escape as I say that he does. Oh, well, in midair, Kashida turns Gulak around. Gets that cross-arm breaker in, but Gulak trying to block it as well as he can. And now Gulak's got to try to hold it in, and now Kushida. But Gulak very well rolling through, picks the ankle of Kushida. Back around <laughs> and gets that cross-arm breaker in, but Gulak's not going to lay down for him as he picks the ankle for a second time. Kushida just inches away from the ropes to get a break, manages to roll through, push Gulak off, and Seguri to the back of the head from Kushida. He rolls Gulak through. Looking for a fisherman's suplex. Gulak blocking it. Kushida now looking for the arm. But again, Gulak just countering everything Kushida has to offer. And it really is a war of attrition at the moment. There's Gulak now with a forearm shot. <laughs> Face first into the mat by Kushida. Rolls up Gulak. Two, three. Oh! Kushida knew he couldn't beat him uh, with a submission or a finishing move. So he just has to match Drew sleeping. Well, that's a surprise. Gulak was in control a little. Well, I think it's a great match, to be fair. You know? It was. It was two equals yeah. going at it. Really, yeah. really good. And I could see that for a lot longer, you know. So, um, Kushida's saying, yeah, you got the job done. And Gulak's saying he's not happy. I'd like to see these two go again. I'm sure Gulak's not going to take this victory lying down. <laughs> well, like I said, Gulak not happy. And you know, he wants a rematch with Kushida. And I guess we'll see that down the road. Well, EO is interviewed by Kathy Kelly, who says she doesn't need weapons or friends on Saturday. Lorraine interrupts to thank Shirai for her help last week and tell her she'll have her back at takeover. Well, the rundown of the car for Bridgeport leads into a video package for the NXT title match. Johnny Gagano is worried what happens if Adam Cole wins. Cole vows to take the gold and glory on Saturday night. And on to our main event for this episode, and it is Forgotten Sons versus Only Lorkin and Danny Birch. Well, One and two. We're getting closer and closer, and are we going to actually see it happen? Lorkin and Birch walking out as NXT Tag Team Champions. If any team in the history of wrestling deserved it, talk about the Revival, talk about any other tag team you want, Young Bucks. This is a team that does, in my, in, in my honest opinion. Well, they are the busiest tag team. We've seen Lorkin on 205 Live. We've seen Danny Birch on NXT UK. And now they're here, kind of where they cut their teeth in NXT. And, uh, you know, they're going for the big one. Yeah. Uh, and this is what it's all about. We've seen the build-up. Uh, you know, we know about Io Shai and Baszler, of course, Gagano, Cole. And now we're going to see the tag teams, Forgotten Sons versus Lorkin and Birch. But we can't count the Forgotten Sons out. Cutler and Blake, they made it to the finals. Of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, baby. I know, and no one gave him a chance. Well, I, I certainly didn't give him a chance. 
and we've seen and of course Blake been impressing with uh, Jackson Riker at ringside but Lorcan and Birch will not be intimidated by the numbers game well they're certainly not forgotten anymore Blake's looking to start with Danny Birch. Well, Birch, of course, the veteran, but oh! <laughs> Comes straight out of the block, seated drop kick, sends Blake into the corner. Now he's just working the arm, and Danny Birch has no chill. No, he's absolutely brilliant. They're going to the attack. And according to Ronaldo, Birch's good idea, uh, not, not a, <clears throat> and according to Ronaldo, Birch's idea of a good night out is a pint and a fight it sounds like <laughs> a friend that we know yeah exactly oh cutler got the blind tag in and managed to tap birch from behind now takes him into the corner and the sons with quick tags blake back in double backbreaker goes for the cover by near one count one only Lorcan gets the tag in and he goes to work on uh, cutler and blake oh and Riker grabs the boot of a Lorcan. come ref send him out Go on, ref. Send him out. Well, Cutler clotheslines Lorcan from behind. You're out of here! And Jackson Riker's been ejected from ringside. Well, now it might be fair. Now it might be a fair fight between Forgotten Son and Birch. Oh, but the street profits. Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins coming out to assist Riker to the back. Well, they don't want to play a role at takeover either. And Lorcan and Birch in with Forgotten Sons. And here come street profits. Oh, well, uh, Street Profits have taken out Cutler, Birch and Lorcan taken out Blake, and now these t- four guys having a standoff in the middle of the ring. They're saying thank you, Profits, and we're not going to stop, here we go. Oh, but the Forgotten Sons are in, and they're armed with steel chairs this time. They take out and Lorcan and Birch and clear the ring. Oh, the Forgotten Sons look like a dominant team at the moment. No. Adam Cole and Roderick Strong's got Riker. Throw him off the stage as they get called out. <laughs> O'Reilly and Strong and Cole and... Phew. Well, the undisputed era now, taking out the Forgotten Sons. Well, they certainly mean a business. I mean, they stood tall last, on the last episode. They're going to stand tall on this episode as well. And I tell you what, Strong and Cole, whatever problems they had, you can't see it now, double team. They're going high-low. And Cutler's out. And will it be the Undisputed Era's time? But I don't think Cole's finished because Riker's getting up. Adam Cole drags a ladder out from underneath the ring. He's trying to let go as all four of them pick up the ladder. And just <laughs> send it into Riker like a battering ram. Well, Riker's nearly got beheaded by the Undisputed Era. And they're in utter shock that he's actually managing to get up. They slam the ladder onto the back of him and just leave him lying there. But I tell you something, I don't think I've seen the Undisputed Era looking as strong as this in a long, long time. Nah. They've kind of uh, <laughs> rejuvenated themselves. They had a few problems amongst themselves. They've obviously been sorted out and now they're uh, kind of standing tall. Yeah, and uh, I guess they're ready to take over tonight. And it'll be interesting, but another great episode of NXT. So, yeah, a great episode of NXT. And uh, let's run through the card then. Dan, what match do you want to start off with first? Um, let's start off with Street Profits versus Undisputed, Undisputed Era versus Lorcan and Birch versus the Forgotten Sons for the vacant Tag Team Championship. Yeah, I mean, this maybe start off the show. And if it does, has a chance to be uh, a cracking event. We've seen ladder matches. 
in Takeover Pass. But uh, I really think it's got true potential. And there is a tag team I would love, I absolutely pop for if they won. And Lorcan Burks, they are, I think, the most underrated tag team, are they? They are absolutely brilliant. They're certainly our combined favourite tag team in NXT, I think, without a doubt. Um, they've, uh, For me, they've got everything. You know, the uh, Lorcan and Birch, they're just great workers. They're roughhouses. You know, uh, you've got Danny Birch, who's the typical Brit wrestler. You've got only Lorcan, who's, you know, slightly more American style, but their styles just mesh together mm. really well. What I like about Lorcan is that we've seen him on uh, Tour 5 Live kind of like a shaven Lorcan, kind of more heelish. And the Lorcan that we're getting is kind of different character with Danny Birch. And I, and I quite like that. And I want them to carry on with uh, the, the tag team because I, I think Birch and Lorcan have got this kind of huge, kind of like everyman, blue chipper type of guys, you know, that you can relate to. They're not kind of, they look about them as just kind of standard blokes. And But the thing with Danny Birch is that he just shot for a fight, wouldn't he? And we know how dangerous uh, only Lorcan can be. So I think they're great tag And if they were to get their moment tonight... Takeover because you know Takeover needs these special moments and I think Lorcan and Birch have got enough love from the crowd now to get the job done. You know, are, are they the most uh, over face team in this match? Um, well, you know, you could argue that Street Profits. I think they certainly are also fan favourites. We're not too struck on them. They are. Don't get me wrong. They are a very exciting tag team to watch, but for me, they're definitely my second maybe team in this. Yeah, I mean, Angelo Dawkins has been around for a very long time and, you know, and to finally have a partner but I don't think Street Profits have had enough high profile matches or enough high profile victories either to kind of get the job done. I know a lot of them have seen them as favourites here tonight but for me I think Lorcan and Birch might have the rub over the Street Profits just in kind of popularity as well but the Street Profits are over there's no doubt about that and their stick with the crowd you know does kind of get the job done. But I just think with Lorcan and Birch, there's, there's more things there that kind of make them relatable to us. You know, of course, like we say, Danny Birch, good old Brit. Um, yeah, you know, you've also got the Undisputed Era as well, who, it, even though he bugs the shit out of me, I'm a huge fan of handsome Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Um, it, his, his just enthusiasm in wrestling, I think that's what kind of won me over with him, you know, just... Simple little things, playing the title like a belt, just his reactions to when he gets hit as well. It's absolutely brilliant, you know, when he, uh, I think it was against uh, Authors of Pain, when he got hit really hard, he kind of stood up, tried to power through it and just couldn't, tumbled out the ring and uh, completely folded himself in half. Uh, Bobby Fish, he, again, he's, he's another talented worker. Um, not for me as strong as... O'Reilly, but still relatively good. I think so. You know, he come back from the injury, and uh, he, he's he's not kind of missed a step since then, and they've kind of gone back to the tag team as it was before. And I think they're more dangerous. You know, they kind of work better as a tag team. Maybe like credit to Roderick Strong during that time. But I think if you look at you know the the, the undisputed era, they've been around longest, and they're probably the favourites going into this one. I would say maybe just because from a storyline sense, you could then build up a maybe a feud. The Street Profits, Lorcan Birch, or another tag team they kind of wanted to introduce. Because I don't think the tag team division is that strong at the moment, is it? You know? No, no, it isn't. Have we forgotten anyone in that? I don't. Oh, that? maybe we have. You know, maybe we have forgotten it. All the forgotten sons are involved as well, aren't they? Yes, they are. And again, you know, someone who was kind of underdogs in the Dusty Road tag team classic, as we mentioned before, they kind of 
made it all the way through to the final. Um, You're coming up short against uh, old Rick. Ricochet and Ali B. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, they are a good team, you know. Uh, Blake Cutler and well, J- Jackson Riker. I think if he's allowed to come to ringside tonight, he might play a vital role in it because there'll be, you know, be three men there, and they're a good team, as we've seen. Well, as we've seen, you know, fatal four-way tag team matches, kind of anything does go. So you know, Riker being there could potentially be a help or maybe even a hindrance. I doubt, but it's, it, I think it's proven. That uh, is, is a lot of potential tonight. Out of the eight men, who do you think is best, or even nine if you include Riker, is best for more uh, as a run as a single star from this? Um, I'd actually say Riker, yeah. Yeah, I think Riker's got a lot of potential. See how he's used here tonight. Might be quite interesting. Uh, as for who have you got in this match? I cannot divulge that. It's definitely one of the four teams. Well, I think we will. I'm going to predict this. We will see new tag team champions here tonight. I'm going to go with you on that one. We definitely will, yeah. All right. So the next match, let's talk about the North American Championship. And, of course, that is the Velting Dream versus Tyler Breeze. And I think it's a very interesting match because these two guys that maybe have not had or, or wouldn't have had a success maybe in WWE as they've had in NXT. And we've seen what's happened to Tyler Breeze uh, since he's kind of come down, you know. He's back in NXT now. But what are your thoughts on the Velveteen Dream? Velveteen Dream, he is certainly a strong character. Um, can I see him working under Vince McMahon's tutelage? I'm not quite sure. You know, Vince McMahon's going to want some strange things from Velveteen Dream. Is he going to kind of push him like he would have done a, a Stardust or Goldust kind of character? You know, come up with someone who's more out there than kind of fixating on his actual talent that he has got loads of. But is Velveteen Dream, uh, sorry, is Prince Pretty right for saying that Dream is kind of rip off of the Prince Pretty cat so that was in NXT? No, they're completely different, apples and oranges. Well, I don't, well, this is what Breeze is saying, he's saying the guy that's coming around and kind of giving, uh, giving it all out as he is and he says, as we know from the very first takeover uh, with uh, Tyler Breeze being involved. Who was his first takeover match against? Um, well, he was in, oh, not so much takeover, but the first NXT pay-per-view it was a rival, and he was in a match against Xavier Woods. It ended in a no contest after 35 seconds. Nothing there, but... <laughs> Lots of shenanigans going on. NXT takeover May 29th, 2014. Uh, he faced Sami Zayn and won to be number one contender and then was in the Fatal 4-Way match for the NXT title the following uh, TakeOver event with Neville, Zane, and Tyson Kidd. Of course, Tyson Kidd unfortunately retired. Now, we know what's happened with Neville. Zane would be the only one maybe who has made it on the main roster, but even then, he's not been a champion yet, so maybe Tyler Breeze's best bet is to come back to NXT. It, would it affect Tyler Breeze being back in NXT, do you reckon? Not at all. It, it would help him out a lot more than it would kind of hindrance him, I think. I think it's a good story as well between the two because they are quite two flamboyant characters and I think they play off well with each other. But is it a foregone conclusion that the Dream's going to get the victory here tonight? I think he he certainly is the favourite going into this match. Yeah, he is, isn't he? I think when when you look at things on uh, uh, you know when you look at the matches, uh, I think you would say that maybe. But I think Breeze. If anybody, we've, we've heard from uh, Triple H, you know, and he was saying that Breeze is down full-time now. 
So maybe kind of uh, the title change, but he didn't give Dream a chance against Matt Riddle when he pulled out the bag. And it's the same with Tyler Breeze here tonight. Has the North American Championship been a good addition to NXT? I think it has, yeah. It, um, it's, it is a good kind of mid-range card, you know, for people that... I, w- I wouldn't classify it as a mid-range card, but I think it's the people that they're not in the main NXT Championship picture. So, you know, they kind of need something else to focus on. But, you know, there's not enough focus going for it. You know, everyone wants the NXT Championship as opposed to the North American Championship. I think, they, you know, there should be a few more people vying to get the North American Championship. Have they had to bring Breeze in because there is no one else really worthy of well, it was going to be, I think, Dominic Dijakovic was planned to have a little run with the with Velveteen Dream. And again, are they trying to just build new stars a little bit unfortunate there and being in Brat Breeze? It'll be interesting to see what they do. I think Velveteen Dream can do a lot more on NXT. Like I say, he's still a lot more potential, even like an NXT title run. As for the North, North American Championship, I think it's been an interesting title. But it, like I said, it, it depends what it means. Yeah, I think the, uh, NXT needs to kind of show more contendership match for it or something like this rather than a guy showing up and just being like right okay you've got the championship uh, are you looking forward to the match I am yes it it has definitely the potential because Tyler Breeze even though he has been a bit of a joke since being on his main roster he is full of talent you know he was way back when when NXT was first kind of having their takeover shows he was the man going for the title you know he was up there in the top ranks of it. So, you know, if he was capable of being there before, why not now? I think without a doubt, you know, I think it would be a very interesting match, uh, much like the ladder match. But we move on the rest of the card. Um, I'm, this is a match that, uh, obviously, I know who you want to win it, but it's Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler. I want Io Shirai to win, and I've gone Io Shirai on my predictions. <laughs> I will tell everybody, if Baszler wins, I riot. I am not having that here tonight, you know. Well, Will the other members of the four horsewomen, uh, you know, Jasmine Duke, Marina Shafir, kind of make an appearance? Will Io Shirai have some friends out there to help her out? Well, we know Candice LeRae is, is in a corner, and I think we're looking forward to it. I think the fire Io Shirai has shown since what happened to Kari Sane has been great. And talk about building up a women's wrestler, I think Shirai has really shown a little bit of excitement with her, and she's something a little bit different. And not only is she my pick for the Mae Young Classic, but I just think she's a great choice to go forward and lead NXT. We've been bored of Baszler now. We don't want a dominant champion anymore. You know, NXT's seen too much of that. We want a women's division that anybody can win the title, you know, and bring it more forward. People like Can- Candice LeRae or Casey Cantazero or anybody, you know, bring them forward. Because uh, at the moment, I think NXT UK's women's division is stronger. And I think part of it is because of Baszler as champion. I don't know what you think. Well, as you know, there is certainly a lot more talent. You know, you could argue Mia Yim, uh, Bianca Belair, with Belair. even them two could kind of bolster the women's division as well. You know, even either of them having a run with a women's title. There is a lot of talent there, but it's not being utilised as well as it was before. You know, when you had the likes of the, the original four horsewomen um, team bad and, you know, all of that. It was a huge filled up division and now they've kind of gone up to the main roster to kind of be wasted in my opinion there's too many women on the main roster and they could have fleshed i mean nikki cross is an example of 
a perfect never got really a shot in NXT and then using the main roster for kind of comedy segments now. And there's a lot of time someone like Naomi to come down in NXT and have a run would be phenomenal, I would feel. Do you know what I mean? Or, or something like that. I think Basler, you can guarantee tonight she catches uh, Shai off the top right and puts her, trying to put her in the, the, the submission. You just know she's going to do that. You know the outside interference is going to be there. You, you know the story Basler tells. And I was a huge fan of her and, until uh, Jasmine Drew and Marina Shai because they're not ready yet. And to be pushed onto that and to be as green as they are, it hurts Baze and it has hurt her as, as champion. Uh, and I feel now is this perfect chance for Shy to have a moment and, and, and to move forward with NXT. And we can see, you know, feuds there as well. So where do you think this four horse swimming versus four horse swimming thing is going to go? Because obviously with the exclusion of uh, Ronda Rousey, she's kind of, I don't know if she's gone or if she's ever going to come back or whatever. Um... The same with Sasha Banks as well. You know, you're not quite sure what's going on with her, and obviously the the the, the rest of them they're kind of uh, yeah. Up in arms. I, I, I think we definitely will see a six women match between the, the you know the the six or a WrestleMania size series with Banks and Rousey involved maybe down the line. But that's what they're doing it for because they've got their ideas for Baszler. And when she goes up to the main roster, they, they're going to treat her well. I think that's going to one of the few women that when they take take her up, they, they're going to know kind of what to do with her and where it slots in, where it would be a Raw or SmackDown. But I think now it's time to pull the trigger and say, right, you know, let's keep either go Baszler up with those two, even though they're not ready. But it's damaging the NXT women's product, and that's what we have seen. And it's becoming the match. I mean, there's a lot of matches on this card. People are moaning about TakeOver tonight not being as big or having the great matches as it used to have. But it's a developmental league. They, they move people up and that. You know, we've seen it before. But again, you've got to use the talent that you've got correctly. And I think with the women's match, it's probably the one that I'm thinking to myself. I just want it to be nice and quick and shy. Victory, pick up, move on, you know. Uh, I mean, Baszler, what, you, what are your thoughts? You, you know, I don't want to take all the, the bad <laughs> things for Shane, yeah? Um, she has improved slightly, but I think she'd be improving better if she didn't have Shafir and Duke by her side. Uh, I think she kind of relies on them a bit more than she needs to. Um, yeah. and she would be a lot better and she would be a lot more convincing as a dominant champion without them. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, you know. Uh, and I think therein lies the problem uh, when it comes to Bays, and I hope, you know, we can have a new champion here tonight. Uh, move on, the next match, Roderick Strong versus Matt Riddle. Again, we talk about ladder match starting things off. This might uh, get the crowd happy. Are you? I'm surprised by Matt Riddle's treatment. I don't know about you, but I thought he'd be protected a little bit less, a little bit more, and he's kind of been pinned the past few, a few matches. It's been a bit of a surprise, really, hasn't it? You know, he has. But I'm, I'm glad to see because I, I'm not a fan of streaks holding people down. You know, I, I was a huge fan of Oscar's streak. Don't get me wrong, that was well deserved for her. But you know, someone like Matt Riddle, I think it's more convincing if he actually loses. You know, he was kind of overpowered by the team, you know, undeserving era during that tag match. And, yeah, you know, I think it was right him getting the pin over Johnny Gagano. Mm. Um, But he, aside from not wearing boots and acting like a complete fucking doofus, he has actually got it down in the ring. 
I think he has. I think he showed with a dream at the last takeover what he can do. Uh, and, I, and I like Riddle's st- uh, style in ring. It's just, like I said, his character and the, the footwear problem. Uh, but I, th- I think tonight he needs to show a more aggressive nature. I'd be surprised if it's more back and forth. I think now that he's got his eyes set on higher members of the Undisputed Era. And I think taking out Roger Strong might be a good step for him and a good story told, you know, how they build NXT. As for Roderick Strong, credit to Roderick Strong, I've got to say. Unlike, you know, people like Hideo Tommy, he was around the same time as they were, and he's managed to stay relevant throughout all this time when people didn't really give him a lot of choice, chance, did they, you know? No, and uh, I think he bounced down to 205 Live, was it? Yeah, he went to 205 Live, yeah. Yeah, you know, he briefly spent some time there. He was kind of always the guy that would be in the big one, but always come up mm. just too short. Uh, and again, you know, credit where it's due, he is a very good worker as well. Yeah, I think without doubt, the hill turned definitely. And now, you know, people are thinking Strong is going to kind of turn uh, on Unspeedia. But I've got another idea. You know, maybe he'll help him out. If, even if in defeat to Riddle, he'll come out and actually show that he does make a difference in the Unspeedia era by allowing Adam Cole to win the NXT Championship here tonight. I mean, that's my view on things. But hey, who have you gone for in the NXT title match, Dan? Um, I've gone for a good match. Oh, you've gone for a good match? I have indeed, yes. Gagano versus Carl. It's their second meeting on pay-per-view. They had a relatively good match and, you know, the the Undisputed Era kind of hampered Cole's chances of getting victory. You know, even though they were trying to assist him, it kind of led to a few cracks being shown in Undisputed Era. But, you know, they've managed to fix them and they're stronger than ever and... You know, is it is it time to kind of change up who's in the Undisputed Era? I think you could go with... I've hedged my, bet, hedged my bets in one way, but I can definitely see Strong uh, turning to the good side and uh, going against Adam Cole. But I don't know what if you agree. I know you hate Adam Cole. I think he'd be better working off better as the face going against the three as opposed to Roderick Strong. Well, that... Again, you know, this, this Undisputed Era thing, because it's, it's kind of a story going to be played out during this card. Because Undisputed Era, they could win the tag team titles. Strong could get a sneak fluke victory over, and then Adam Cole loses, and they're like, well, you know, we've managed to win our match, you've lost yours. Or it could go, you know, against Roderick Strong. Mm. Um, there's, you know, you know, it is a very interesting story, and I'm looking at uh, the way it unfolds. Yeah. Well, I think tonight is a story told, and I think this is the beauty of takeovers, much like kind of old pay-per-views that we talk about. It's a story tonight, uh, the 25th takeover, the most successful or the biggest group that's had the most impact in NXT in the Undisputed Era. I think they've been featured in so many kind of takeover events and even like live shows with Adam Cole uh, being involved. Uh, I think we've we've seen a lot of that, and I think tonight's about what happens with them, and it's great storytelling by you know whoever's writing it, it would be Triple H, whoever else it is, about what happens in the undisputed era. So many different possibilities. Uh, speaking of the main event as well, Gagano. Before we talk about Johnny Gagano, how great he is, there was NXT Takeover at Target NXT Takeover, which was on the network, about twenty five minutes long, and it showed the build up between Gagano and Cole. And what were your thoughts on on the the show? We watched it earlier. It was actually quite an enjoyable show, you know. It goes backstage talking about, you know, all, all the uh, all the build-ups to to the big matches and 
I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I do like insights and what happens backstage. I think it is it is an exciting show. Yeah, I, I like the fact that Gagano kind of went back to his kind of the hometown with his dad. You know, the, the dad's restaurant's called Gagano, so it's quite cool. And uh, they're there, showing off the NXT title belts, kind of all his, his fa- friends and family and stuff like this. Uh, you know, and kind of enjoying the moment. Adam Cole saying he's wrestling at NXT live events every night, getting ready. So even then, they're kind of building up in that way. And Adam Cole's really selling for me at the moment. He's showing a bit of aggressive that I like, aggression that I like. He's a great worker. The character's down to a T at the moment in time. Uh, and as for Johnny Gagano, I don't think there's anybody more likable. Not since maybe Shawn Michaels has had a baby face that just seems can do no wrong. And even when he had that weird little turn a couple of months ago, kind of changed his character for the better, more aggressive in a way. But, you know, it's still loved, isn't he, by but, everybody. But you kind of saw that play out into the culmination of, like, you know, him limping out, Tommaso Ciampa mm. attempting to throw him into the LCD screen, and Gagano was like, no, mate, not this time. Turned it around, like, so that's what he was doing, you know. So they're playing it for the long haul. But in this Gagano versus Cole match, you know, sorry to bring it back to it, but if Cole was to win it, I'd like to see him win it on his own. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Without, you know, Strong, without Fish and without O'Reilly, just do it and go and prove that he can do it on his own because I don't think that's a side of Adam Cole that we haven't seen of him yet. And I think Gagano, even though I love him as champion, is better fight going for it, you know what I mean? As in challenging for the gold. And I think even if he loses, you can set up another match with Cole uh, at, you know, uh, SummerSlam, Brooklyn, not Brooklyn this year, but you know what I mean, in uh, Canada, uh, and, and set up a, a rematch in that way. I think it could be re- really interesting. You talk about, you know, Gagano's story. You talk about Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like takeovers of Gagano's journey from DIY as a tag team uh, and through to the success he's had as North American or NXT champion. And even Spewed Era, we talk about my favorite, one of my favorite moments, McIntyre versus Rude. And it was the Unspewed Era who attacked at the very end. And tonight they have a chance to walk away with gold. Uh, and that's what makes takeovers so great. What are your hopes and expectations for takeover events here tonight? Again, I hope it's a good a good pay per view as we normally have. I think the ladder's probably going to be my favourite match yeah. from the night. Um, I hope that Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir don't get involved in the Io Shirai Shania Baszler match, mm. and I hope that if Adam Cole wins, he wins it on his own. And if he loses, he loses it because of Undisputed Era. Yeah, I, I think without doubt, you know, I think we, we, there's a lot of things uh, tonight. I think that would be great if it happened. My hopes are that TakeOver just shows you what it can do with, when wrestling's done right and give all the matches a lot of time as they do and set out correctly and have new champions as well, have surprises, maybe have someone in there. Make it feel like a TakeOver. Make everybody feel love, fall in love again with the WWE product, even if it's NXT. Do you think that because it's TakeOver 25... It's going to be a special event, or do you think it's just going to be like the subsequent other takeovers? I hope it might be special. I hope it'd be nice to see people like Finn Balor in attendance. Do you know what I mean? Or so like because they had such a big role in, in NXT. I think that'd be quite nice. I think we might see clips throughout the night as well. But I think the whole point is the future, and the future is still bright for NXT, even though it has taken a few hits recently. It just needs to kind of replenish the roster, as we've seen. But we're, we're of course we're looking forward to takeover. The live kickoff has started on the WWE Network now. Tommaso Ciampa has been a part of the panel, but of course, this is the best kickoff or pre show that you can have. And uh, I think that's about it. You know, we talked about TakeOver. 
and, and NXT and everything like that. We just say next podcast will be on Wednesday. We'll bring you NXT TakeOver in full. Of course, uh, we are fighting against each other here tonight. The score's 2-2 at the moment, though, so pretty close. I am actually not getting spanked in NXT. No, no, no. You know, all the other the WWE pay-per-views and the bonus points I'm not doing too well in, but TakeOver, that's kind of my forte, and yeah. I, I do like it. Until tonight. No, uh, it, should, it should be a good show. We're looking forward to it. Uh, and we just say thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to be live. Of course, our next live shows will be in August. Will be SummerSlam. We'll be live again for TakeOver as well. But we have a very special podcast next weekend as well. It's a WNR 225. And we're going to do basically the WWE Network Review. It's the biggest network review ever. And we'll go through all the network uh, programs and pick out our favourite ones throughout the entire thing and see if it's finally worth the 9 99 a month. Anyway, that is it for today. Don't forget you can follow us all across all social media. We're on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. We're on Instagram, the WNR Podcast. Send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Across all the Google platforms, subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review podcast there. We've got clips, uh, stuff like Ricochet versus Will Ospreay when we were in uh, sitting ball watching it. And, of course, the latest videos from Raw and SmackDown and podcasts go up on YouTube the same time as there are places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Uh, Spreaker Radio, where we're live now. Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But don't forget, James, we do have our new website going up. It's kind of in production. It should be ready by around SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, it's if coming. You pull your it's, finger it's coming. Out. It's definitely coming. And uh, you can get all of our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube from there. Uh, that is the WNRpodcast.com. Yes, it is. So we are across all social media. Like I said, thanks for listening to us. And uh, I just want to say, say, with you know, all negativity around anything like this, it's just we're, we're, everybody is a fan of professional wrestling, first and foremost, whether it be AEW, WWE, or NXT. People might have a go at each other for what products they watch, but it is wrestling at the end of the day, and whether that be Impact or New Japan or whatever else it is. Rev Pro. Rev Pro as well, you know, but we are the, the, the WNR podcast, and that's what we do at the moment until we get a better contract offer, I would say. Indeed, yeah. yes. Um, but yeah, we are going to be here. We're going to bring you all aspects of wrestling, whether it's good, bad, Shit. or ugly. So now it's time for NXT Takeover Twenty Five. I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by Dan White. And like I say, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye, bye. <laughs>